Oh, it's episode 199 and feeling fine on Amen, Brother so Ben. Close. So close. So, so close. close. 200 on the horizon. Thanks for listening to the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. Wrapping up our week of episodes with Mr. Jake Phillips, uh, the FFC worship leader, joining us to talk and nitpick about worship songs. Today, I want to end on a positive note. Right? So look. Yeah! Yay! Everything is awesome! Yay! <laughs> I've been titling these um, nitpicking worship songs. So I think our goal today, our challenge, is to find something in this one song that we could nitpick, right? I dare you. I dare you. But I don't I, know. It's, 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 it's going to be sh- hard. It's going to be tough. Um, because, again, the whole point of this whole series, if you've been listening, I think we've said this before, but we want you to think critically about the music that you listen to, even the Christian music you listen to, right? Maybe even more so. It's easy to be secu- or um, be critical of secular music um, yeah. when um, the old WAP comes out or, or some <laughs> ridiculous song. Wor- wor- right? Worship and praise. That's what WAP stands for, right? Worship uh-huh, and praise. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> um, it's easy to be critical of that and go, oof, let me make sure my kids never know what that means. Oh, my gosh. What is going on? Um, but when we just sort of blindly turn on Caleb or blindly turn on some XM station or what have you, um, we, we could be, uh, garbage in, garbage out, you know, sort of putting something in our brain that isn't hundred percent biblical. So we should always be critical. I agree. And again, cause we are representing, we are, when you listen to Christian music, you listen to worship music, you're kind of disengaged. I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to get in your head about it. I want you to be able to right. be worshipful, be emotional. This is the part of, you know, I've noticed that churches and Christians, you know, churches and therefore, or Christians and therefore the churches that make up, uh, you know, all these Christians or Christians that make up these churches are, some of you are either really in your head about everything and you're very smart and you're very theological and you're very doctrinal and this means that, and that's a good thing that we need. But also you have the other side of the spectrum, the other side of the coin where everything is just, I just feel this is just where God is leading me. And I'm like, but you have no scripture to back that up. <laughs> right. So surely there is a middle ground that we've been called to. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Can we, can we worship in spirit and in truth? Can we worship with your head and with your heart? And so we, I, I do want you to be emotional uh, in your in your listening. I don't want you to be quite as critical of worship music that's an artistic expression versus a sermon where we're teaching you, thus saith the Lord. But these things are really important. Uh, and so the theolo- the theologically part of worship music is strong too, or it's important too. And so, Jake, you, you were talking about a song that we're going to be doing this weekend at church that you say yeah. is like one of the best, uh, and I have to agree with you, one of the best modern worship songs out there. Yeah, I tell you, what I think um, what, what it has going for it is that stylistically, um, there is a oldness and a newness to it that makes it pretty universally uh, uh, palatable uh, to anybody in any church anywhere. Uh, in in Christ Alone is the name of the tune. Um, you can find it um, sort of covered, you know, as as a lot of common worship lot, songs are yeah. covered covered by lots of different folks. The the version that I'll sort of be referencing um, and and having in my head is my favorite from Passion, where Christian Stanfield's leading it. Um, and 
there's a bridge that they add there that like adds some of the newness um, and the rest of the song has some of the oldness. Um, and we can talk about the format of it. There's, there's a lot of parts of it that I like. And so in Christ alone, yes, yeah, passion featuring Christian Stanfield, uh, it's been covered by everyone. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely want to want you to go out and listen to that. If you don't know that song, um, I gotta tell you, man, this was one of the first modern worship songs. Well, you kind of feel like it's older than it really is. And I think there are parts of it that, you know, are like I said, more in an older structure, but, um, this is one of those songs that hits all the theological truths about Jesus, but does it in a way that if you're paying attention will wreck you. Like, yes. I, yeah, there's certain songs that, especially the first time you hear them, you may, uh, react a little more emotionally. And I'm not normally mm. that dude. That's like really expressive in worship. That's not my normal thing. I kind of force myself right. to sometimes cause I know I'm setting an example, but, this song, I think, was one of the first ones that I was weeping like a baby. Like, yeah, gro- I didn't have to try. Yeah, because I'm the same way, right? Um, and it's that's that's okay, by the way, for anybody listening that's going, you fake it until you make it. What do you mean? That's disingenuous. Um, yeah. no, definitely not. Um, we we've talked about this from from the stage as as worship leader. I've said before, like. Everybody, just put your hand somewhere that isn't gripping the chair in front of you. Can we just, just it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Just try it and see how it feels. And then people start worshiping better. But yeah, this is one that I did not have to fake it until I make it. Um, this is one that I think, um, because of the perfect picture of the gospel that it represents, and especially because of the bridge that they added, uh, mm-hmm. it's just lovely. Lovely. So, what's, tell me about some of these parts of the song that you like the best. And, and we'll, we'll kind yeah. of talk through some of that. The first bit that I want to mention is just the the format um, is hymn-like in the following ways. Number one, there is not really a verse or a chorus to speak of. Yeah, um, what we true. have is, if you remember sort of the old hymnals, um, you'll see under the treble and above the bass, there's the lyric line, and there's like one, and then a bunch of words, and then two, and then a bunch of words, and then three, and then a bunch of words. Um, and so what you see is you sing through the whole song, the first or second or third or fourth set yeah. of lyrics, and you just sort of repeat the hymn. You go back to the top after you sing the first one. And whoever the choir director is or the, the music minister, they'll call out like, all right, we're going we're gonna to sing hymn number 134, and we're going to do verses 1, 2, and 4. And for some reason, they always skip one. I don't know which one. I don't know why. If you're in a Baptist church, it's either the second or the third one that's yeah, like, no, that we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know why. But this follows that format where you have a whole melody. Um, there's sort of two chunks, two stanzas, and then that melody repeats, and you have new words. So in Christ alone, my hope is found, right? And then the second time, after you uh, get through the first two chunks, you have, there in the ground his body lay. And then you go again, no guilt in life, no fear in death. So there's not actually a verse or a chorus. You have a whole set you just have of some, You just have some familiar melodies. Yeah. Yeah, you keep the same melody, and the lyrics keep changing, the lyrics keep changing. Um, so it has a cyclical nature. It's not like it's, you know, free form jazz or anything, but, uh, it definitely 
I think that's the main reason that people go, is this an old song? Is this a hymn? I think, yeah. is it, have I sang this when I was like in VBS in 1984 or whatever? Um, but no, it's, it's a new song just with a hymn uh, format and structure. That's pretty cool. And that's, yeah. I, again, there's nothing better or worse about uh, the style of, of a new song versus an old song. Nope. There's a lot of, yeah, this is 100% just preference, you know, and musical choice. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it does a really good job of giving you some truth. Cause again, you're singing truth. This is something where you're learning some things about Jesus that, uh, you need to know that's not just Jesus loves me. It's, it's some other good stuff about him, you know, in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe. It's like, mm-hmm. he's, he wasn't just the son of God. He was the fullness of God, uh, you know, so you're learning about that. You're learning about that as a doctrinal statement. Statement. You yeah, know. that's that's one of several doctrinal statements that are in here. The deity of Christ is in there. Um, where we will be in um, this after the second coming takes place. Um, the gospel itself. Um, the you know there in the ground his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Talking about the um way that he appeared to the disciples and they were like what yeah <laughs> and yeah. how we've been bought we've been bought with the precious blood of christ so we have uh freedom from the guilt of our sin in life and we can join christ later we don't have to fear death anymore um it's seriously deep in its theological teachings um, right. and i like what you just said about singing truth this is a great example of that where we have multiple doctrinal statements um that reinforce our our surety in the gospel. We can be sure of these things um, because there is no power. As the song says, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. And I oh, think that's, uh, that's, that's a huge takeaway. That's my, that was my favorite. I remember the first time I listened to it and I was digging it and I was you know into it. And then when it got to that part, I, that's where I really got emotional thinking about it. Um, it's let's see, let me find that those lines again. Um, it says no. Uh, yeah. No, no guilt. No, where's that? Oh yeah. No power of hell. No scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ. I'll stand like that's that at that point I was just like, I, 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 I. <laughs> rock out. Right. Yeah. The end of the song formally, uh, in Christ alone, just by itself is that verse that you mentioned that you like so much. Um, I find, uh, no power of hell, no scheme of man. That's the last line. Um, and what's cool about that being the last line, it's sort of the nail in the coffin that uh, having said all those doctrinal truths, having outlined the gospel, having talked about uh, Jesus taking the victory and us being purchased by the precious blood of Christ. Um, now that we've covered all those stepping stones, let's remember you will not be moved by any worldly force if you find that uh, the only power you claim is Christ and that you, uh, your faith is what uh, motivates you every step. So. No power of hell, no scheme of man. It's a really, really great way to end the uh, in the song. But I, Christian Stanfield didn't want to even end it there. There's more. Yeah. So then he does the the bridge. Is that the bridge you're talking about there? The um... yeah. So I, I guess you'd call it a bridge. You could call it an outro. You call it a lot of things. But if in Christ alone is everything we've talked about so far, what follows next to me feels like a bridge, especially because at the very, very end. They do a little callback till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ. I'll stand here in the power of Christ. We stand 
they go back to yeah. that original melody. So that's another reason I would, I would call it a bridge. Yeah. And, and again, I was trying to nitpick it and find something that could be better, but it, the, 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 one of the main things that gets me about certain worship songs is that they, they don't balance spirit and truth very well. They don't balance, you know, emotion and, and reality, but this like toes the line perfectly. Again, it, it talks about, yeah. talks about how the wrath of God was satisfied. It talks about the, the being buried and brought back and since curse has lost its grip. So it gives, it gives you the truth and then it give, or it gives you the truth and then it shows you why you shouldn't. So it's not just about a bunch of theological statements put to a guitar. It's, mm -hmm. it's, these are some things that are, that are theologically true, biblically true. And because of that, that th this is the power of Christ in me. It's no, no guilt in life, no fear in death. You know, there's all these other things. It's like, this is the truth and this is why this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And I think that the cherry on top is the bridge uh, in this particular version where they take all that. And in, in my view, anyway, they make it more applicable to like, what am I going to do when I walk out of this worship service? What am I going to do if I'm listening to this in my car? What am I going to do yeah. when I step out of the car and go to my doctor's office or whatever? You know, like yeah. um, the the next part um, after here in the power of Christ, I'll stand, they build up and the melody changes and it's much more contemporary. Um, on one note, I find my strength. Mm -hmm. I find my hope. I find my help in Christ alone. When fear assails, when darkness falls, I find my peace in Christ alone. And then uh, the second part of that, I give my life. I give my all. I sing my song to Christ alone, the King of Kings, the Lord of all, all heaven sings to Christ alone. I, that's the new newness right the, the right. sort of new half of the song that is i think it's a more it's a call to action um the structure of the melody being sort of one note and like a little bit high um causes most people that sing the song to really be at a comfortable high point in their vocal range provided the worship leader has chosen a good key which i know we're guilty of not <laughs> doing sometimes so right. it's that that last part i think is a um, a more practical call to action that feels um, like the, if, if for some reason the first bit of the song, uh, those three different stanzas felt too hymn-like, if you're a baby Christian and you're like, this is a lot of doctrinal concepts in one piece of music, um, this bridge wraps it up really nicely, um, summarizing and, and calling to action, which I think is really awesome. And just, just so you know, just another nerdy fact, it's, it's was released originally in 2002, so that's in the 21st century by a guy named Stuart mm -hmm. Townsend or Townend, yeah. Townend um, mm -hmm. uh, on the album Lord of Every Heart. That's where it originally came out. Of course, it's been covered a lot. So um, very yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you saying that because it can be challenging to track down origins of TCM, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, Chris Tomlin wrote this song in 1994 and then yeah. Matt Redman collaborated and they redid it in 2019 and like, yeah. who knows where it came from? You really have to look at the um, the the ledger, you know, on mm -hmm. uh, on CCLI or uh, see who actually wrote it. But yes, Stuart Townend, who's uh, still an active writer. Very cool. So that was fun. Yeah, we'll do some more of this in the future. Um, definitely want to. Yeah, I would like that very much. There's so much to talk about, and I hope that we can uh, be encouraging and critical and and just model, you know, just responsible consumption and. Um, and spreading right of uh, of worship music because we want to share this with 
with believers and non-believers alike and um, let the gospel and the scripture speak for itself through song. Amen. Thank you all for listening this week. We'll be back with, I'm still trying to figure out the 200th episode. What are we going to do with this? What are we going to, what's going to make it pop? Uh, so we'll, we'll be back for the 200th episode here very soon. Sometime next week. If I can get it together this weekend, it'll be Monday. If not, we'll kind of do it in the middle of the week or something like that. Um, but we'll do another, another fun time. Uh, be super fun times, but Jake, thanks for hanging Maybe out. Maybe send in some, uh, send in some suggestions even. Yes. would love to hear what, what would you, what do you want to hear for the 200th episode? Both of you that listen. I mean, all of you that listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me know what, what you want to hear. Amenben.com. That's the website gets you to all the locations. You can listen to the podcast, uh, at, and, uh, you can always send me an email, pastor Ben at love Siler. Y'all have a great weekend. Hey, come to church with us. If you're in the area, come see us in Siler, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.